Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com wondersuite. That's bluehost.com wondersuite. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Informed Consent. Today's episode, as always, is sponsored by Lost Boys Strength and Conditioning. Lost Boys strives to be a companion with its members to spark change throughout their lives. They have a passion for encouraging others to find their beauty within through a pursuit of excellence, spending through fitness, nutrition, and mental health. Now, if you are living in the Southwest Virginia area, specifically Roanoke, um, and you head over to LostBoysSNC.com and sign up for their free two weeks and mention that you heard about them through this podcast, Informed Consent, they will give you an additional uh, two free weeks. So that is a total of one month of free programming, free nutritional advice, and free change. So go into 2017 fresh, strong, and ready to make some good change, guys. Welcome back to Informed Consent. I'm Heather. And I'm Gabriel. And today is episode 20. And today we will be discussing a summit that Gabriel attended. The title of the summit was Harnessing the Power of Entrepreneurial ADHD. Uh, yeah, but first, um, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at audibletrial.com slash informedconsent. They have... A crap ton of books to choose from um, for your iPhone, Android, uh, Kindle, or MP3 player, uh, or even your laptop. Um, and our keynote today, or or for this, the keynote for the event that I went to, um, like half of his books are on Audible. Um, so if you like what we have to say about Mr. Sorry, Doctor Hollowell, um, head over to AudibleTrial.com/informedconsent and get one or all of his books. Um, so where do we want to start? Oh, with me? Yeah, let's so, start um, with you. <laughs> so I am going through this, uh, this book. Um, this is the story of how I got there. I'm going through this book, um, about becoming like an expert in a given field. And, and I really want to be an expert in ADHD. And one of the tasks in the book was to find the leaders and the experts that are already in the community, um, or in the, in that field and seek them out, read their books, listen to their podcasts, all this stuff, and, and go to their events. And you've really been binging on some podcasts lately. Yes. Binging on. I have found 
all of the great ADHD podcasts, and it's actually a really good split of 50% like just horrible crap and 50% like really, really good content. Um, so, and our keynote, Dr. Hollowell has a podcast called Distraction, and it's a great podcast too. Um, so I was looking through his events, and I just saw that he had an event in New York City, and my older brother lives there, so I was like, oh, well, I have a place to stay, and um, the drive's not that bad from where we are. So um, Carly and I got in the car and headed up there. Um, and I was really excited about th- this particular event um, because all of his events are just on ADHD. But this one really struck out to me because it was all about entrepreneurial ADHD, um, which if you've listened to any of his stuff or any of the like leaders in ADHD, they all say that um, the great entrepreneurs of our time all have ADHD because they have, they are the idea guys mm-hmm. and they are the why guys. Um, and if you learn to jump in and get things going, yes, they get that yes. idea and they go. Um, and if you've read, um, Simon Sinek, start with why, which is also on audible, uh, which is a good book too. Um, he, I think the first quarter of that book is all about the two different, um, people that there are in a business is there's a why guy and a how guy and the why guy comes up with the great ideas and then the how guy implements it um and so all of the guys that he talks about are guys that um dr hollowell talks about also as having adhd and being this great entrepreneur so uh the keynote like i keep repeating myself um was dr ned hollowell um and let me read you his bio from the little flyer that we got because it'll be better than what i can come up with Dr. Hollowell is a child and adult psychiatrist, a New York Times bestselling author, and world-renowned speaker and authority in the field of ADHD. Ned has a tremendous amount of expertise and has given presentations about entrepreneurs and ADHD. He is a graduate of Harvard College and Tulane Medical School and and retired faculty member of Harvard Medical School. He has authored 20 books on ADHD and various psychological issues. Um, so he's kind of well to do in the field. Um, yeah. So um, his whole. Speech- so what a cool yeah, experience for you to be there with these greats in the field. Yeah. So um, it was really cool, like hearing because I was had been binging his podcast, um, and then I had read his best-selling book and his like the book that he's known for is um, Driven to Distraction. So I I had read that, and I after getting through it because it's a long book, I was like. People need to read at least portions of the, it's a long book. It's like 16 hours uh, to listen to P- portions of this book, um, especially people in our field who kind of give the ADHD diagnosis, not on a whim, but probably more regularly than anything else. Um, so they can really have an understanding of does this child really have ADHD or does this child actually have something else like sure. ODD or bipolar or are they presenting that way and they really just have ADHD? Um, so, um, so yeah, so it was really good listening to him talk um, about basically these these traits of being an entrepreneur um, and how um, in in the school setting or in, or in different systems the ADHD child or the ADHD person is stifled and kind of beaten down to mm-hmm. a point where they um, are not or cannot or choose not to be as creative or choose not to be themselves when they have all these really great superpowers um, to make them great. Um, one of his examples is um, that ADHDers are very, very creative, 
um, and his argument is, you know, what is impulsivity if not, um, like, lucky or, or well-timed impulsivity? Mm-hmm. Um, no one really sits down and says, okay, I'm going to be creative, closes their eyes, and then has, like, a, a great idea. It's not really how that works. Um, if you've ever, like, had a really great idea in the shower, like, that's that's impulsive. You didn't do anything, but it was just kind of like, boom, it was there. Sure. Um, really great way to look at that. Yeah, it was. It was really um, – I, I had heard arguments like that before, and I, and I really enjoyed them, but he had, like, an exhaustive list. So it was, like, of, a great um, positive reframe. It was all about positive reframe because, ultimately, his point of view is that ADHDers are so underserved because – I think that the, the statistic that he gave was, like, um, 30% of, our, our, of the incarcerated population have been diagnosed – ADHD just have been identified as ADHD. Mm-hmm. That's so there are other people in the that have been incarcerated that haven't been diagnosed, but um, are just misunderstood or are just are just forced into a system where they are not allowed to be themselves. Yeah, the system you have to fit into the system, and so therefore your strengths are not being cultivated. No, they're actually well, they're being stifled. Yeah, and I think the example that I gave to you in talking to a client of mine with ADHD was you're, you're a rooster, and if you st- – he lived on a farm. So if, I, <laughs> if, if you take your rooster and you shove him into a, a box where you can't see light, and then you let him out 10 years later, <clears throat> and he doesn't crow at the sun, does that mean he's broken? Or what, does that mean that he's, he's, there's something wrong with him? Or he doesn't crow in that box? Is he, is he a, you know, a defective mm-hmm. rooster? No, it's just he's never been given the opportunity to crow at the sun or to do what he is designed to do. Yes. something wrong with him. Um, what, what's wrong with him is the system. And he has a really great quote. I wonder if I wrote it down. Uh, um, Dr. Hollowell said, and I, and I wrote it down because like, this is amazing. Uh, he said, the true disabilities are the stigmas associated with the diagnosis. Um, and so that that comment kind of so it's not the diagnosis at all it it's what goes along with it the stigmas which is what we talked about in the last podcast exactly what we talked about last time um and so that him saying that kind of took us on a different or on the rest of our um uh, or of his speech uh where he really wanted to move out of the deficit quote-unquote deficit model Mm -hmm. of adhd and then it's really not an, an attention attention deficit hyperactivity disorder but it's uh, like an attention surplus, and you have um, – it's like all cylinders are fine, so you just have a wider lens than everyone else, um, and that's that's good in, it, in its in like times the, and places. I like the terminology of surplus versus disorder. Yeah, everything that he said was just like – was just was just reframed to um, just – not – not optimistic, but just it was just reframed to a more positive, mm-hmm. to me like a more accurate uh, representation of what's going on. And he even said like I'm sixty something, and I see most six, late sixty year olds tired and slow and sluggish. And he's like I'm hyper, so that's energy to me. Like I'm living like I did twenty years ago because of my ADHD. Like who wouldn't want that? Why How wouldn't fantastic, you want that? Yeah. yeah. Um, so. Teachers in the classroom. That's who doesn't want that. <laughs> right. That, I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. Which is, we got into that too, um, which was frustrating. But um, I just want to go over the, real quick because I'm actually getting away from our show notes and I'm mm-hmm. trying to stay on point. 
Um, which is hard. Because <laughs> I have ADHD. Yes. <laughs> I'm super excited. Um, so he gave us a whole um, list of what he called paradoxical pairs in these things that we have framed as problematic in the ADHD or but are really um, useful and helpful and, quote-unquote, their superpowers. So his first one is obviously they can't focus when they're not interested. But the useful side of that is that most, if not all, ADHDers can hyper-focus at times. And that when their hyper-focus is – the way that I've described it is um, if you're a listen, if you're listening to this and you're, you have been an athlete or you were an athlete – um, is when you can s- step into that state of flow um, that athletes often talk about. The times that I've experienced hyper-focus and the times that I've experienced flow, they're not the same thing, but they're really, really close. Close. Um, and if I can get into a state of quote-unquote flow when I'm doing something um, important that's not like risky, like like a sport or like skydiving or whatever, not that I've ever been, but they, a lot of people that – professional flow makers – they, they do that kind of dangerous stuff to get into that state. Um, those two are, are really close, closely related, I think. Um, so another one was that they're impulsive. Um, and then the useful trait or the, the positive reframe is that they're creative and that they have new ideas all of the time. All the time. Right. Um, and they may not be great ideas or they may not make sense to anyone. Um, but not – I mean you ask – you know, any great, again, entrepreneur, like how many times they failed. And then you kind of look at how impulsive a kid is and says, what about this? What about this? What about this? And it's like, those are all nuts. None of those will even work. But then every now and then I'm sure that that kid, but one of them will work. going to be, it's going to be a gem, you know? Um, one of them. So I have another uh, client that has ADHD and he's four. Um, and it's, he, it's, he has an abundance of ADHD, Um, and, um, one of the problematic, um, issues with ADHD is, is people say that they're, they're very forgetful, but they have like, in some instances, they have very, very, very good memories. And so for, as an example, my, this four-year-old that I have, um, I was, when I was going away for this trip, I needed coverage for this Mm four-year-old. So I was telling him, I'm not going to be here, but this other lady, um, is going to come and visit you and work with you. And I said her name, and uh, and he was like, "Oh yeah, like Miss So and So," and I kind of like looked at him, and I looked at mom, and I was like, "How do you like? He's he's not been in services besides with me. Like, how do you know him, or how do you know her?" Um, and he was like, "Oh, she came so and so, and this and this, 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 da 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 da," and kind of like and replayed like the entire exactly last session that they happened. had had. I think it was like three months ago. Wow. When one day when I was like sick, and so she covered for me. Mm-hmm. And he, like, in detail, told me what they did, what, um, like, she had gone to, to his dad's house, so it wasn't the normal house. And then I was like, well, wasn't that this clinician? And he was like, no, 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 that clinician came with his other clinician, and they came here. And I was like, oh, yeah, I totally remember. <laughs> Thank you, four-year-old, for reminding me. For reminding me. <laughs> but, what well, yeah, what great attention to details on that. Yes. Yeah. I looked at his mom, and his mom was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, that was crazy. Um, so I'm going to... Now, I'm not going to go through all of these because there's probably 20 on here, um, but I'll, I'll put my a few of them um, in our show notes. Um, let's see what else I can talk about. And um, I actually, I love this list, and I'm going to steal this list from you because I have clients who see their 
diagnosis as a disability and who fight against it mm-hmm. instead of embrace it for the for the beauty and the strengths that are there. And I'd I'd love to see them get a hold of this list. Right, and I think you know even um, the whole like entrepreneurial mindset is is very much beat out of you in school. Mm-hmm. Like you were going to sit. Well, I mean that's not what school is for. <laughs> school is to make line workers, really. Mm-hmm. It's not to make, like, the next Steve to jobs. educate the masses. Right. Yeah. Um, and to set people up to have a boss, some follow their orders. Right. Some, the, the, at least the public school mm-hmm. system um, is to, to set that up. Um, so this idea of going outside of the box is not um, is not really helpful. It's something even as simple as me telling uh, a teacher in school, like, just let him stand to do his work. And I bet he gets it done a lot faster, mm-hmm. and but there aren't as many issues. No, no, no. He has to sit. Everyone has to sit. Everyone has to sit at this table. I know, but just let's just try it. What's yeah. going to happen? Does he really have to sit? Yeah. And you'll get yes. Like, whoa. Why? why? Because that's the rules. But, mm-hmm. but why? Well, then whatever, what's everyone else going to do? If he stands, everyone will stand, and it's anarchy in here. It's like, no, no, no. Like, <laughs> you still have <laughs> control of your classroom. Yeah, right. <laughs> There's still a, a teacher, hopefully. Um so let's let's see what else do I want to move. Uh, where else do I want to go? Um, oh, one of his I guess helpful points. That, one of the things that he actually repeats very often on his podcast and in his books um, is this idea of of not worry, worrying alone. Um, so that when you do have anxiety and you, and you do have things on your mind, the ADHD uh, has a very hard time not ruminating. Um, and so they'll ruminate and their ruminations will go down a very, 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 very deep rabbit hole very fast. Okay. Um, and um, so his advice was um, to never worry alone so that if you do have anxiety or you are having some worries, to enlist someone and immediately talk about it because that rabbit hole can get really, quote-unquote, dark um, really, really fast. Um, so that was, that was how he told a story, but now I can't remember what it was about, about that rabbit hole. Um, and then he gave us the, uh, his seven C's, um, to kind of bolster and help our, um, our ADHD and they were, um, control, cut back, connect, challenge, contemplate, create, and contribute. Um, and, uh, I just realized I didn't bring my book, um, to kind of go in in depth what each one meant. Um, but control was basically... Find the things that you're very, very good at and do those. So if you really, really suck at something, um, try your hardest to either outsource it or just try to get away from it or have someone else do it or trade. like Trade jobs. Trade jobs with somebody. Um, so even if you're like in a family system or if you're a clinician in a family system, I just had this conversation today. Um, this family, two parents and like four kids in the house, and I think two of them have ADHD. And it's like he, one of these, your kids may hate this, but I bet one of them can fall into that state of hyperfocus to do it. I bet you. You have four kids. I'm sure it'll work out. Um, so find the jobs that everyone, they may not like to do it, but the ones that can do it without like doing two steps and then like remembering, oh yeah, I got to go do this. And they're gone and they're outside. Yeah. The ones who can get it done. <laughs> right. Um, his other point, cut back or his second C, cut back. Um, and he was referring to, um, our phone and social media, um, which, um, I, I guess this is probably coming too late cause the election was just 
yesterday. Um, but cut back from like media coverage and all that stuff because it, it can get you down that rabbit hole of needing to worry with someone else very fast. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very easy to get sucked into all of that stuff. Yeah, you can spend an hour yeah. and realize – no, you, you didn't realize any time had passed. Yeah. Right. Um, his other his, – the third C was connect. Um, so he puts a lot of value on social interaction. Um, and that if you can have the more social interaction that you have, um, the easier it is to bolster your, um, ability to focus and kind of lift yourself up. And I have noticed that a lot since I've heard him talk is when I'm at work and just doing notes and notes and notes and I can feel my energy get low. If someone comes in and starts talking to me within like 30 seconds, I'm like up, up again. Like I can feel my energy go back up to its normal baseline of like, not hyper, but just me <laughs> which is probably what makes community mental health so hard for you and for others right, i mean right. the isolation yeah 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 oh yeah yeah, yeah. um i thought you meant like my experience with my clients I was like, <laughs> no <laughs> um but yeah no like that note taking uh or that doing the notes afterwards or doing the assessments afterwards of you know spending 30 minutes or an hour doing that yeah it brings you it brings me down um so then that interaction um is really really good for me um his fourth C was challenge. Um, so try to give yourself um, like daily challenges or weekly challenges or even like like how much can I get done in the 15 minutes before I have to leave um, or I have to leave at this time. Um, so what do I need to do? What do I need to put in place so I can succeed? So actively trying to challenge yourself and really just making everything a game. Um, the fifth C was contemplate. Um, so he actually told all of us to sit down and not talk and try to clear our heads for 10 seconds, which obviously none of us could do. Um, but it was this idea, which he didn't say, but it was this idea of mindfulness, of trying to practice mindfulness. Mm-hmm. And for the ADHD year, a 10, 10 seconds is a long time. Um, I start with like two minutes for, for my yeah. clients. So, wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, I am trying to do mindfulness every day in the morning. So I'll do my box breathing in the morning. And, um, I don't even get through a cycle before I like, I'm like, oh yeah, gotta come back. So, um, but I'm getting better and it's, it's actually, I mean, it's very helpful just to not have a thought, which is also why I, um, and I had this conversation today too, why I also like lifting is because a single lift is like two seconds, three seconds. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's, but it's laser focus for the, for that time frame. Yes, you're only focused mm-hmm. on the lift. You're not focused on anything else in your head. No, no. Which is why, which is probably why I like, I like it. Um, the sixth one was create. So ADHDers are impulsive and creative. So grease those grooves to, um, to get better at that and to like honing that, um, like honing your impulsivity so that it is more productive so that maybe more ideas or the ratio of crazy ideas to, good ideas is more in your favor. Um, and then seven was contribute. And I wrote in big letters abundance, um, because that's the point he was making was once you have this down, you need to pass it on to other people with ADHD and give to them and give them this information so that when they, um, when they have problems or if they do have those problems of like self-worth and things like that, or I'm broken or, I failed at school, so I much suck at everything else. So they're not hearing those messages. They're hearing the positive messages. Right. And they're not hearing the 
a negative point of view from their, from their teachers or even their parents who are like, why can't you just do this like your brother? Um, cause they don't know. They don't know why yeah. that was the answer to that. Um, so do you have any questions about that? There's actually two other speakers that I want yeah, to Yeah. I want to hear about the other speakers. Um, did you have any questions about Dr. Hollowell? No, this is, yeah. No, I think you followed through really well, but yeah, this is fascinating. So keep going. Hmm. Uh, I gotta take a drink of water. Um, so one of the other speakers, so after he spoke, after the, the keynote, they had a panel of, um, five other ADHDers. Um, and I kind of had wished they had each had like 30 minutes to an hour to talk. Um, but they didn't, which was disappointing. Um, cause they all had really, really great stories. Um, but two of them that I want to highlight is Peter Shankman, who, um, has his own podcast called Faster Than Normal, and he, I don't know if you know the the, the company called um, Help a Reporter Out. Um, it's this com- it's the company that he started where reporters or people that are that are writing news articles and things like that can post their questions out to experts or out to basically anyone who's on the on the list of okay. the Help a Reporter Out, and then you can reply to whatever their inquiry is. So if, um, so like, I think something today was like top 10, like holiday gifts for X and magazine or whatever. And then you can click on that link and you go down and it says like, I'm looking for tips on this X, Y, and Z. This is for this magazine. Contact me at this email and give me your credentials and you kind of, you help a reporter. It's a platform. Yeah. yeah. Um, so he started that, sold it. Um, and he has been starting and selling companies over and over and over again. Um, if we were on that scale of one to 10 on the ADHD spectrum, he would be like a 10. Um, I could visibly see and feel him getting like agitated as we sat in the panel. Cause he was like, I just want to get up and move and get out of here. Um, so, so it's he, probably a good thing he didn't have full 30 minutes to speak. No, he was like, I'm gonna, <laughs> this is going to be four minutes and blah, 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 blah. And he like just word vomited for like four minutes, but it was, He's given speeches before, so it was it's the same speech that he always gives, so he could run through it really quick. Um, but he spoke on um, those gifts of the ADHD or also in, in learning how to utilize um, – or no, learning and understanding wh- what works best for you and then leveraging all those things to do great things. And then like the plague, avoiding the things that you suck at. So the example that he gave, which is um, – which is just off the wall, but it worked. So the story that he told was that he um, had a book to write. So he got his advance from the publishing company, and he had, I don't know, so many months to write it. Of course, he didn't write it, <laughs> you know? I'm remembering you telling me yeah, this story. Yeah. yeah, I actually shared it with a, a family recently. Oh, did you? Yeah, <laughs> so go ahead. He um, didn't write it, and, and so like every month the publisher would check in with him and say, um, you know, like, how's the book coming along? And he was like, oh, it's great. It's coming along great. You know, months go by, months go by. It's probably like a six-month time period. Um, well, two weeks before the book's due to the publisher, he hadn't written anything. So um, what he decided to do or his idea that he got um, at, like, I think he said it was, like, at noon, he got this idea to take a flight to Tokyo, and he would write the book on the flight. So he said he got the idea at noon, and then he was on, like, a 4 o'clock flight, like, four hours later on the round-trip flight to Tokyo. 
he said he got a uh, his laptop, phone charger, uh, like two bottles of water, and a change of underwear, and was on his flight to Tokyo. He said he he wrote chapters one through five on the way to Tokyo. He got off the plane. He got a cup of coffee, got a shower, got back on the same flight in the same seat on the way back to the United States. He wrote chapters six through ten, and he was done in twelve hours. That would be an extreme example of that it. That is a but... super extreme example. And we all, like, the way he told it, we all were, like, dying laughing. Um, but it's just a, a picture of, of of using your strength and knowing what you need mm-hmm. in order to get things done and creating containment for yourself. Right. And, that's and like, he knew he needed to be under a deadline in, this, in these certain time constraints to get this work done to kind of bring out his superpower. And, and he put himself in that position to do that. Now, had it not been a round trip to Tokyo, I think everyone would be like, well, what's wrong with putting yourself in a position to succeed? And that seems like a little far-fetched. I don't know, but my argument would be like, what does it matter how far-fetched it was? It worked. Yeah. Um, and scale that back to the you know, kid in elementary school who, who may need to be in a room alone to do his work. Standing up. Mm-hmm. Like, what's wrong with that? What does it matter? Um, so his other... Um, I guess maybe platform while he was talking was on um, medication and how before we medicate our kids, we need to, to to find and go down all avenues before medication um, is given because he feels it seemed that he um, it seemed that he thought that we were over medicating our ADHD or maybe using that as the first resort instead right. of. Later into the treatment process. Right. Um, So he didn't talk a lot about that, and I kind of want them all to go into more depth on on medication and things like that. Um, Now, Dr. Hollowell, um, he is not – he's – he stated it this way when I asked my question of it's not like a party of medications and a party of non-medications, and we're both trying to solve ADHD without the other. Now, there are people that are like that. Mm But he sees both of them as how do we work together? How to do we complement each other? Right. Yeah. Um, so he says medication is just a tool in the toolbox. There still needs to be coaching, and there still needs to be therapy, and there still needs to be the school needs to be doing their part in helping this child to do whatever tasks they need to be done. Um, so that was interesting. And then the last speaker that I wanted to talk about, who I really wish had a whole hour um, to talk. Um, was Dr. Edlin Littman, who's a clinical psychologist and author. Um, and I'll read you her, her bio. Dr. Ellen Littman is a clinical psychologist who has been involved with attentional issues for over 28 years. Her private practice, practice in New York focuses on high IQ ADHD population. Internationally recognized, she co-authored the book Understanding Girls with ADHD, among other publications, with particular expertise in ADHD family dynamics, she offers coaching for couples as well as individuals. Um, she had like a crap ton of good information that I feel we didn't even get it into a, a percentage of what she had to offer. Um, but everything that she said in relation to, because people will ask questions during the panel, mm-hmm. everything that she was saying was coming from like a systems model of how that ADHD or is affecting that system. And how oh, the then I need to hook them. up with her. Yes. Yeah, it was fascinating, mm-hmm. and we tried to. Um, ask her questions um, during lunch, um, but she was way too busy with other um, people that were talking with her. 
Um, and I really want to read her, her that book, Understanding Girls with ADHD. Absolutely. Because from, from just from what she said, it sounds like girls or females and women just present completely different than um, than what's in the DSM, which is nuts. Um, so, and it may be why boys are diagnosed more frequently right, than girls. Right. Um, so she got into symptomology and, and how how all of those normal those those traits in the DSM, or those symptoms in the DSM, how they are still there for the girls, but they present differently. So they look completely different, but they're really the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just it was it was fascinating, and we didn't get I didn't get to hear enough about her. Um, I do plan on emailing her and hopefully getting her on on the podcast. Or do at you least. Rem- do you remember hearing anything specifically that you could share with our listeners about how how ADHD manifests differently in girls? Um, Put you on the spot right there. No, yeah, and I wish no, because the only time that she spoke was during the panel, which really sucked. Um, so we need to read her book. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, her book, and if you go to our website or just Google her, um, Ellen Littman. Um, her website, I've already been on it a couple times, um, has um, a tab for that's just publications, and it has all the research um, that she has contributed on. Um, and I think it's like six articles, and um, I haven't read them all yet, but they're there. And I haven't bought Understanding Girls with ADHD yet either. Um, but she's definitely someone that I want to that I want to talk. I want to talk. I mean, I definitely think understanding. Um, females with ADHD is huge, but the family piece is really important to me also. Um, because, um, I mean, eventually whenever I have a client who's, who has ADHD lately, I've kind of been figuring out who he got it from because he got it from somebody. Sure. Someone in the family has it. Yeah. And so I don't know in, in my thinking that way, I, that that parent's ADHD has affected the entire system in some way or another. And yes, they've learned to cope and, and yes, it's probably, it doesn't go away, but they've learned to cope well enough. And what ways have they learned to cope so that we can teach these skills here to this child and to the rest of the family system? Um, And in what ways is the family system affected by the ADHD and how can we help them to see things differently as well? Exactly. Exactly. Um, So I want to, I don't think she has a book on that, but I would love to, to pick her brain on that, um, on that bit. Or even go see her, like Carly and I just like, <laughs> can we have a session and you just tell us <laughs> what's up? Um, that would be awesome. Um, so hopefully we'll reach out to, I've reached out to all three of those speakers, um, and maybe we'll um, either get some nuggets from them or some additional information from them um, to help our listeners out. So uh, what questions do you have? Did I miss anything? Is there anything that you want to know? No, I, I think what what was your big takeaway from this summit? Um, I think my big takeaway from all of from this this thing, this summit, which I don't even know what a summit is, <laughs> um, was um, let me how to, I don't know how to phrase this. Um, it was probably like an irritation uh, from being just misunderstood for, I don't know, 27 years. Okay. Um, where so many times in my life I was like, like either I'm 
the only sane per- person amongst all these crazy people, or I'm the only crazy person amongst all these sane people and not knowing the difference. Sure. Um, because I would have these ideas. You know, you've talked to me for mm-hmm. five minutes. I do constantly have ideas. Um, and you don't know this, but I actively refrain from texting you my <laughs> ideas for this podcast. Um, and um, that's just how I've always been. And it was always like, just sit in your damn seat and just do your work. And it's like, I can't have I all can't, these great ideas. I can't, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, so I think it was it was that. It was that, that I this irritation that I've been misunderstood. And, and not only misunderstood, but just been told that I was wrong or um i guess i don't ever think i was told that i was stupid um, but you were given a lot of different labels yeah i was um so probably by me also like seeing everyone's that interacted with me their frustration with just just in school um seeing all of that and what that did for my self-talk and that has since come and gone clearly um but it was it's it's kind of it's still there. Um, there's this great podcast with Seth Godin that um, Peter Strankman does with Seth Godin, where he talks about shame and how every ADHD or probably or or does have, no matter how successful they are, are still um, there is still some shame in them that that comes up every now and then. Okay. Um, and I, we're over time, but I want to tell this story. So Dr. Hollowell told the story about the guy who started JetBlue, who was like mm-hmm. a billionaire. So he worked his ass off and got into failed jobs, all this, you know, like did the whole cycle that you hear about with ADHD or got into Southwest, worked his way up Southwest, did really well at Southwest, got into the board and the board voted to fire him. So they fired him. He decided, you know, screw it. He started JetBlue made JetBlue into uh, this amazing company, billion-dollar company. Um, Got, you know, had conversations with the owner of Southwest who said, you know, my biggest mistake was listening to the board members wanting to fire you because you're brilliant. Went on to make JetBlue even bigger, sold JetBlue, was driving home um, basically like a billionaire, I guess. Um, And he was talking to Dr. Hollowell. And he said, in that moment, I did not feel like a billionaire or like a successful person. I still felt like that, that same kid who had failed all of those college courses and all of failed all through high school and middle school and was told that it was dumb and would never succeed. I still felt like that person. I still didn't feel like I was. That shame and that label stuck yeah, with him. It stuck even with him. And with great success. Yeah. And he said, I think I'll always feel like that. I think I'll always feel like that person. Um, which is, which to me, he'll be fine. <laughs> He's, <a billionaire laughs> He's going to be good. He's a billionaire. But what about our clients? The the clients that we see every mm-hmm. day in front of us, mm-hmm. what are they feeling and yeah. not saying? Right. Who, who maybe, and I don't know what, what, I can't remember his name. I don't know what his family circumstances were, but even the clients that, that I have, whose, you know, families, um, are, are not, you know, middle class or, or upper class or anything like that are low in the totem pole, but don't have the resources that he may have had or don't go to the school or, or do go to the school that are like, no, Johnny has to sit down for eight hours a day and maybe he can play at recess if he can, if he can, if he can sit down, but if he can't sit down, we're not even going to let him play at recess. We're going to make him sit there too. So what does their life look like? Well, they're Mm -hmm. probably being incarcerated. 
just like 30% or more of everyone else that's incarcerated. Um, so my takeaway was that was, um, um, probably just pissed off for, um, for what's to come. Like I was like, I'm pissed off to make a difference. You know, like it's, it's so frustrating that this is the case that there's so many great minds. Like there's a freaking kid out there who has the cure for, for, for cancer, Mm -hmm. but there's a teacher right now yelling at him. Because he won't sit still. Because he won't sit still. And, uh, and that's a shame. Yeah. Um, and so that then needing to share this message. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and that was my question to to the panel was, what does that paradigm shift need to look like to stop the, the psychiatrists from making our kids zombies and stopping the, the schools for telling the parents, Johnny can't come to school until he's on medication. Mm-hmm. Screw that. That's not okay. What else can be put in place to let's find to a do way that? to make accommodations right. without needing all these all this paperwork trail right. just to make a simple accommodation right. to stand up in class right. when learning. So, what is that paradigm shifting to look like in the school system, in the mental health system, in the with the psychiatrists? What does all that need to look like? Um, and no one had a really good answer, but all but collective, collectively. What I heard was that that people like like me and like you and our listeners who are hearing this and getting a very condensed overview version of, of ADHD need to advocate uh, really, really, really hard for our clients. When we know that his other collateral contacts don't have a tenth of the understanding of, of this diagnosis that I do or you do, like that TDT counselor yeah. who's like, he has ODD. No, it's... It's ADHD. It's just presenting this way, and it looks like ODD. He's seven. Like, think for a second. Get, you know, come out of, of your emotional state that you're in and really objectively view what's totally going on in the environment. What's going on, and what can we do to right. change this for him, to make right. him more successful? Um, so that that was my – that is what I am continuing to do in, in community mental health while I'm in it is advocating for – not what's not, not not right or wrong, but what is what is just or what is right, what is just. And what is going to build on this child's strengths. Right. And what, what can we do to cultivate that? And mm-hmm. What environment can we put them in to, to cultivate that? Um, and I think sometimes I, I reflect on the sessions that I do have with my ADHD clients and say, like, we didn't even do any therapy. But, but sometimes it's when I get this passionate with my clients and I'm telling them all of this stuff that hopefully that seed has been planted to, well, maybe if I just endure a little bit in school, then I, I've had someone that told, that has told me that I can be great. The, yeah, so the, if I just endure this bullshit for a little while, I can turn it around and be great. Yeah. They can actually feel cool. Right. Like feel like they have something to offer. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, on the note of advocacy, I'd love to hear our listeners' ideas for or what they do currently to advocate for their ADHD clients and what they think after hearing this podcast. What are some ideas they have for advocacy? Yeah. Um, and if you want any more information from me about this conference, I have a, a few flyers and handouts that they gave us. We'll put a little bit in the show notes. We won't put it all in the show notes. That'll just be a lot of, of information. Um and I'll, I'll put links to um, all of the speakers that were there 
um, and um, probably and and I'll, I'll I guess maybe I'll put the company that that sponsored it, and I'll, I need to reach out to them too and, and thank them and and uh, see what else they're doing so people can know what's going on. Yeah. Um, thank you for sharing. You're welcome. This information with us. Yeah. No. It's it's imp- it's just the last five minute rant that I went on. It's important and. Um, People don't know what they don't know, and um, I think when people don't know what they don't know, they can be dangerous. So, all right, guys. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Join the conversation every week after the episode over at informedconsentpodcast.com. This is also where you'll find archived episodes and show notes to each episode, plus our recommended reading list for clinicians wanting to take their education to a new level. Go there and click join the conversation now. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.